This is Brian Croft. Welcome to another edition of Trench Talk, the podcast of Practical Shepherding. And I am joined in studio with Jim Sebastio. Jim, good to see you again. Good to see you, Brian. Thanks for joining me. You're welcome. We, uh, we're going to be talking about weddings today in general, uh, just kind of a broad approach to it, and then we'll dig into some of this on later episodes. Before we do that, I just want to say thank you to those who have supported the ministry, and if we could help you in any way, go to practicalshepherding.com. And one thing I want to highlight is that we do this, we do a, a live video training pastoral cohort uh, for pastors and church leaders. It is free. It's in partnership with the North American Mission Board and Practical Shepherding. I teach the, I do the teaching every week, and it's 40 weeks. It's free. If you're interested in it and you're a pastor or a church leader of some kind, go to practicalshepherding.com. Go to the resource page, and you'll find video cohort. Go to that page. You have to apply to get accepted into it. But once you are accepted, it, it, is, it is free, and it's a 40-week course. And it has been a really uh, encouraging thing for me and, uh, and all the pastors that have been involved. This was the first year we did it. We will launch a new in January 2020, and registration is now open for that. So if you would like to join us, please do so. Uh, any pastors can join, and uh, but you got to go and apply and get accepted. So please go to the video cohort page and, and find that and write us if you have any questions. Jim, we want to. We, we have not talked about weddings at all through all the podcasts, but as we know, weddings and funerals and those kind of things are, are things that every pastor has to to deal with at some point. Yeah, it's it's really a, a cultural expectation. You know, it's not one of the things laid out explicitly in the Bible that pastors do weddings. You you uh, we, we and you don't. You, you have references to weddings in the Bible. You don't have wedding ceremonies in the Bible that are explicitly laid out. And this is what it looks like. So right. there is almost, but there is a cultural expectation. You're a preacher, you're a pastor, you're a reverend, you do weddings. That's right. And, and, and we do. That's uh, right. At least I do. You you do. And I do weddings as well. And and I think that we want to just remind everybody, we don't want to assume anything because we know other people in other countries listening to this. We're going to talk about weddings in the context of, of, of America, uh, American culture, and so just realize that we may say some things that may sound strange to you if you're listening to this from another country, but we still think there'll be things to be able to to apply to that. So let's start just throwing some things out there, Jim. We want to talk just generally. We're going to kind of hit some kind of a 30,000 feet view of wedding things, <laughs> just wanting to wanting pastors to kind of have bullet points of here's some things you need to be thinking about, and then we can develop them more uh, in the future on other podcasts possibly. So what's maybe one thing pastors need to be thinking about with weddings, Jim? All right, so I'm going to form it. Maybe I'm going to put it in the form of a question. Well, there you go. There you go. Are you active or passive as a pastor in regard to expectations in a wedding? That is to say, do you simply say to a couple, hey, I'm here to serve you. You want me up there for 10 seconds to say the I do's? Or do you want me to lead? And if you lead, if I lead, do you want scripture? Do you want hymns? Do you want to write your own vows? Uh, do you want any charge? Do you want the gospel given? Is all of that simply on the table for them to decide? Or do you say, uh, when I do a wedding, this is how I generally do it. Now, we can work in elements. So do you have set things that you believe ought to be in a wedding, or are you purely passive, hey, I'm your servant, do whatever you want? The answer is yes. I will actively be involved with that, not passively. So I will usually tell someone, this is how, this is how I do weddings. This is, these are the things I think are important in it. We probably should back up and acknowledge. I'm, I'm acknowledging 
when I do a wedding and I see it as a, a Christian wedding with two believers getting married, it's a service of worship. Therefore, I have a responsibility to make sure there's certain things in that, in that service to make it a service of worship. And But then there's also a flexibility I'm willing to have with the couple. But I do think there are certain things that need to be in it. If I'm doing a Christian wedding to members of our church, which again is generally what I, most of the weddings that I would be doing through the years. Okay. What about you, Jim? Uh, can I ask you a couple of questions? Follow yeah, up? Sure. Yeah, um, good. All right. So you say that, I think it's, you know, and, and I think I'm going to say, yeah, I agree with that. But when somebody says to you, a wedding is a, a service of worship, where does that come from? Where, where, where do we get that idea? Because I don't think that's always been in view. And we would certainly say about a wedding, a, a couple could get married at a justice of the peace. Right. And it's just as much a marriage. It's just as much a wedding for uh, two Christians or two unbelievers as mm-hmm. is a wedding done in church. There's nothing about the church setting itself or the worship setting. So do, do you... Do you suggest that, or do you say, this is my conviction, this is my conscience, that this should be a... So I I would say that most of the weddings I do, again, the certain circumstances. So I've done weddings that I don't consider a service of worship, so maybe okay. we should start there. So, But if I'm marrying two Christians, okay, especially two members of our right. church, um, if two Christians are getting married, by the way, there's nothing in the New Testament that talks about, a that I'm aware of as far as in doing a wedding. However, you have the picture of Revelation, of the wedding Mm -hmm. feast of the Lamb. And so I think the connection, my understanding, you maybe can correct me, my understanding of of seeing a wedding as a Christian service of worship is this idea of Ephesians 5, and two people, husband and wife, um, being the, the symbol of Christ's love for his church. And then the picture we have in Revelation of the wedding feast of the Lamb and the bride and all. I, I, I'm assuming that's where it comes from. Yeah, so pastorally, what we're saying exegetically, is that we, we cannot conceive of marriage, especially marriage between believers. We understand uh, right. Hebrew says marriage is honorable among all and the bed undefiled. Right. So that a Muslim wedding, and we're not going to participate in that, but a Muslim wedding is a we- is a marriage. It's a marriage. H- Hindus yeah. are, and unbelie- atheists, agnostics, uh, you know, when, when they're married, there's something about marriage itself that is honorable. Uh, it, it, but we understand as believers, as pastors, as Christians, you can't really understand what marriage is apart from the dynamic that this is meant to be a picture of Christ in the church, which then automatically brings in spiritual matters that this is not just a ha-ha, hoedown type thing. Because we're living at a time, Brian, when weddings are they're very different from what they once were. Mm-hmm. And I think social media has played a part in that. So you see, a, you know, the the video of the bridal party walking down to Uptown Funk, and are they dancing and shimmying, and there's all this woohoo, you know, hooting and hollering type stuff that uh, I wouldn't want in a worship service. Yeah, and I sometimes, you know, and I'm an old guy, so I'm the old fogey here. You know, sometimes think, is that dignified? Is is that in keeping? with the picture of Christ in the church. I understand it's fun. I mean, I, I yeah, sure it's fun. I got I smile when I see that video though. It's pretty funny no, to it watch is, it. It is funny, so. but I also think to myself, I would never want to have that in my church. You oh know, no, I was I, glad I, I wasn't doing that wedding right, for sure. But, uh, you yeah. know, and, and and you know, so but a young couple you get, you know, 18, 19 year old want to get married just out of high school and that's their favorite video. They saw it on YouTube. They saw it on YouTube or they want you to <laughs> 
Uh, oh, like I saw one where a pastor gets um, a, a quote-unquote phone call from God in the at, toward the end of it, so he answers his cell phone and does it. I think there's a there's an part of that's blasphemous, you know. And I, I just can't see. So, at what point are we, you know, culturally conditioned? Culture's changing. The younger pastors are going to be doing this in a way that maybe not as formal. Maybe the attire is not as formal. You're going to see guys getting married in t-shirts and, you know, whereas in my day, no, you dressed up and the, and the bride dressed up and, and, and now things are so down and the congregations dressed. And it's also, it's also casual and even worship itself has become so casual. Well, and that's what you're hitting on. I, I, I think that that's, I think we gotta be, I think we gotta be careful on what are things that maybe reflect this is not as worshipful as it could be, and what are cultural things? Because I do think dress falls into that category. And, and where do it. we and say, hey, here's the part though, Chris. Here we are, where we say, okay, do we just do we just go with that and say, hey, whatever, whatever, or do we do we say to a couple, say to a younger couple, you know, I want to encourage you to think in, in more because this is sober. I mean, you know, we're, you're actually making vows about life and death and poverty and wealth and oh. sickness. And, and you know you're committing yourself to a lifelong, uh, you know, t- till death do you part, and this isn't a joke, you know. And that, and, and do do you say that, or is it like, well, I, I so, gotta, I gotta just live in the world in which we do, and this is all, it's more fun and games. Or what, what do you do? How I'll do you, be, how I'll, do you handle that? I'll be honest with you, I haven't dealt with a had to deal with a ton of that because okay. I find at least again, in an American church context, I I do acknowledge what you're saying is more where. The culture is moving, but I, I do think it's largely the secular culture that's moving that way mm-hmm. in regard to weddings. Mm-hmm. What I'm finding is, you know, there, there may be more casual aspects of it that a couple wants to do, but for the most part, I think there's still most at least Christians that I deal with who want to get married want more of that kind of, of a traditional type ceremony. And so I, I'm personally at this point not dealing with that. Now, I don't pastor a hipster church, so that might be a whole nother issue there. But I do want to acknowledge when you're talking about Christians getting married to see it as a worship service, because I will marry two non-Christians, and I've done that before. And that may be a separate podcast, but yeah, I don't people see... Won't, some people won't do that. That's right. And I don't see that as a service of worship, by the way. Okay. But I do believe that Genesis... I think there's a creation ordinance from Genesis well, 1 I, and 2 I agree. I that agree allows an unbelieving man and woman to be married. And I, and I have affirmed that. I haven't done a ton of that. I've done a few, but... It looked very different, and I didn't treat it like a worship service sure. and all those things. So, so I think, but most of what I have done is Christian weddings in churches sure. or in places or outdoors or a different and, venue. But yeah, but you try to bring in those elements. That's right, and I think it's important for people to understand what's happening in a wedding. It's a if it's a service of worship, so the word is preached to some in some form or fashion. Usually a lot shorter for me, but it's there. There's How long do you do that? How long do you do? Bring I do a, ministry? a ten to twelve minute wedding okay. sermon. All right, I've known people because I'm a Reformed Baptist. So yes. you know, we're, oh we're, yeah, I have we're, too. We're hardcore serious. I have, so I have. I've seen the whole the whole wedding party sits down and for forty, forty five, oh, fifty minutes. I know a guy preaches. I know, and we that I. I'm not. Sh- I don't. I have feel a great smile about on that, my but, face while I'm but saying I, that. But I preach ten to twelve minute wedding sermons, and uh, and I have uh, could be a separate podcast. But I, I have reasons around that. But I do think there are elements of from scripture readings to the word preached to even hymn singing. But prayer, the other thing, to, obviously, prayer and prayer, obviously. prayer, the word, some worship, uh, singing, yeah. singing uh, worship songs. Yeah, uh, uh, that's uh, right. An appropriate. What about introducing like in a um, 
what we might consider a lovely or an appropriate love song that it's not a Christian song. Mm-hmm. Is that okay? Would you, would you, the bride wants to sing to the groom something from some, I don't know, Broadway show or. Yeah, I would go, I would go case. Or... I'm not opposed to that. Okay. I think it, it would be case by case and I would want to be, I want, want to be able to approve it. Okay. Yeah. So, I, so you I, do want to still have a hand in that. You, you're, oh yeah. At least you're, so you're guiding, directing in that the, regard. So there are two things that are requirement if I marry anybody and I tell them up front, if you want me to marry you, two things have to happen. Premarital counseling is required. You go through it with me. And two, uh, I have to approve everything that happens in the wedding service. I'm open to hearing your ideas and talking about it. Those two things happen with every wedding that I do, or I won't agree. And that's another thing I think for every pastor listening to this, who, you know, it's expected a pastor's do weddings. So if you get asked, you feel obligated. Listen, you don't have to do any wedding. Make sure your conscience is clear in whatever you're being asked to do before you agree to do a wedding. There may be fallout and consequences by not doing a wedding, but do you, you have, do not have to do any wedding. Do you have any of this written down as a policy you can hand over, like this is a position paper? Like, all right, so I'm going to touch on something like uh, really getting into legalism here. Oh, go ahead, Jim. Buddy. Go uh, ahead. Uh, so sometimes bridesmaids might be... Um, a little on the Amada side. Oh, you are getting into uh, into that side, aren't you? Uh, you know where so you're talking about people, what people dress in the way, how people dress. Yeah, in the way. and it's, I know, recognize it's a judgment call. It's like you know what? Well, in an Amish wedding, this would be right. I understand that almost anything would be immodest, and in some cultures, almost anything. You know, you you show anything below the elbow, it's immodest. You show anything, yeah, it's you a know, scale for sure. You know, and and yet, almost everybody. Uh, I used to say back, in, I don't know who's, I, I can't, shouldn't give names. I don't know who's considered hot and trendy today, but I would imagine even they have an idea. That's immodest. That's inappropriate. You know. Yeah. Uh, uh, Miley Cyrus or whatever so, has so Jim, an idea quick, that that's immodest. So a question for you: Do you ask the bride to show you what kind of attire she will be wearing and everybody else will be no, wearing? No, I don't. I don't. don't, don't okay, I don't. But I know okay. churches that do. Okay, and I, I was just curious. I don't. So I, yeah. I, you know, there's a part of it. Realize you could get hit blindsided, and you're thinking, "Wow, here we are." You know, that's in church, true. and there's you know, I, that's true. Like, and now for the bathing suit portion of the wedding, you know, <laughs> the uh, you know, uh, you're like. Ah, I just didn't know if that's something you you, try you know, to think or, or encourage, like, you know, hey, uh, just as an encouragement, think through for all of you, you know, what do you want to represent visually? Yeah. You know, beauty. So I think beauty, to be as beautiful and all of that attractive is, is mm-hmm. an, an appropriate thing. Just curious if you ever touched on that. Well, that's a great question. I think it's something we all have to think about. I mean, that you you don't do anything with that. You certainly could be blindsided at the wedding and can't do anything about it pretty much at that point. I would say that this is a great time. This is a great time to acknowledge if you're a pastor, most of the weddings we do should be people we know well. They're church Mm -hmm. members. So as I'm thinking about answering that question, a good question you just asked, I'm thinking to myself, you know, I can't say I've had that conversation a lot. Because I know the because people, you know the people I'm married. So it's, it's not an it hasn't been. But if I didn't the... know them, or or I thought, if let's put it this way, if I thought it might be an issue, and and again, that's part of premarital counseling. You know, I maybe I maybe would just make a comment like, "Hey, just do you know, just do me a favor. I want you to do what you want. Just remember that the wedding's going to be at the church, and just keep that in mind. Keep that in mind when you're picking out bridesmaids' dresses and all that kind of stuff. That that uh, 
that things are the things are appropriate for the ladies who are going to be in it, the men who are going to be in it. That goes both ways, by the right, way. Sure. And and I can remember, uh, I can remember maybe once or twice having to ha- even have a conversation like that, and was warmly received. Nothing else was said. Right. Yeah. I realize you get you you can touch on touchy issues there, and again, the potential for accusations or or, or in fact legalism with that. Yeah. Um, Brian, do you all have as a church a written statement in your constitution about who you will marry? And I'm referring here to the reality we live in a uh, in a world of gay marriage. And, yeah. and so yeah. Sam and Barney show up at your church and, hey, we love your church. It's beautiful. Can we use it for our, our wedding? And do you yeah. have something that's already stated and that's put into – that's that's there, that's affirmed by the congregation, or do you just have an awkward conversation and risk being sued and yeah, and all the rest? We, we do, and by, by I'm thankful. I mean, by God's grace, we already had something in our in our bylaws and constitution written in before all this blew up because okay. what's happening is all this has kind of happened, and then churches didn't have something and they're scrambling and putting something in the bylaws. And what I was, it was explained to me that churches that do that potentially could be liable because it could look like they're discriminating based on the decision that the courts made right. a few years ago. So, anyways, as a pastor, that's something to keep in mind. If, you, if your knee jerk reaction to those rulings was to then go and put something in your bylaws, we actually already had something. And what the, our bylaws say is that that we have complete. Uh, that actually, we wrote in our bylaws that only members can get married. In our church, yeah, and that should obviously take care, and of that it. takes care of that. But then we also then we also put a wedding policy together on even for members. What does that mean? Because uh, you can't because I mean it's a big operation, and the, if you're using the church staff and others volunteers potentially are are putting their weekend into cleaning up and all those things. So <clears throat> we even have policies that that center around that, just so people in the church don't get kind of taken advantage of or put in a position to have to clean up and. And uh, and yeah, not, not there's a lot of be. things. Right. Yeah, I, I think obviously you learn through experience that oh, that was that wasn't good or that was bad. Do you so, have a policy? At we your do, church? we do, and I mean, we even had debated at one point. You know, just is it the safest thing to say we're not going to do weddings anymore? You know, mm-hmm. because you yeah, don't, you don't necessarily. It doesn't have to be here. We you can use another venue, but but we thought no, we we do want to do it, and and even. You wrestle with this. You know, how much do you allow outside folks? So there's, uh, I had a, a friend, a friend of my kids, really, but also a friend of mine, uh, ask if they could have their wedding next year uh, at our church, and I think we'll probably will will allow that, you know, to to take place, mm-hmm. uh, even though they're not, you know, there's two believers. It's not, they're not members of the church, but it, it's a, it is a sad reality today. You do need to protect yourself. You do need to think through some of those legal issues. So I do encourage. Uh, brothers to have something written down uh, that you're able to point to and perhaps even a wedding policy that you've thought through you may be able to adapt it as the years go by so i think maybe you have one thing constitutionally and then maybe another thing that is that can reflect uh, as you learn add subtract uh from it but kind of this is our policy so somebody comes and says pastor would you marry us and can we use the church Say so, well, if it's going to be here, if it's going to be in the church, then part of this is that we regard this as a as a matter of, of worship. And so, if you're if you're not comfortable with there being prayer, 
with the reading of the Word, with a charge from the Word, or some kind of gospel presentation being given, then I'm not the one to marry you, or this is not the place to have it done. And you, you make try a, to say that as kindly as possible. But you but. make a great point, Jim, that I think everybody needs to hear who's listening to this, that you don't have to agree to marry anyone, and you don't have to agree to let them use your church building unless you're comfortable with it. Yeah, no, you have to face the fallout of that because Granny and Aunt May really might get really That's upset true. with what you got. That's true, but I want to acknowledge that. Like I, I say that because I know pastor. I, mean, I get contacted regularly about this. They feel obligated to do a wedding that they're not comfortable doing. Right. But for some reason, because of family pressures or whatever it is, like that's a real thing. And so I want to put that out there. You may uh, deal with the consequences. There's consequences that you're going to deal with. Yeah. But but this is, I mean, who you if you officiate a wedding, you are, you, you are showing a level of, uh, certainly of support, but even responsibility for them. Yeah. And that's a weighty matter. And that, that's yeah, if a you don't think, yeah, have you ever married somebody you thought, this is not a good match? Where you feared this is probably not going to work out well. Yeah, no, I've had enough. I've had, I've had both happen. I've had people get married. I'm like, this is going to be interesting, and <laughs> they're doing great, right? Years later, I've had people marry like these people are for each other, and they're divorced in five years. Yeah. So, and by the way, as as a pastor who has married someone who has been, then a marriage has ended. Uh, yeah, let me just encourage I... you. This, this is probably a good final word. Take really seriously who, who you're willing to marry and who you're not, and why. Because there is a level of, a, of accountability. There is, a, I mean, you can't make a marriage work, but you've got to do due diligence. That's why premarital counseling is required. Which will be our, our, one of our next podcasts is premarital counseling. Yeah, so we're going to do, just so you know, we're going to do a separate podcast on walking through what do you do for premarital counseling because we, we get asked that quite a bit. But just hear me. You do not have to do any wedding. You do not, your conscience is not comfortable doing, but realize there will be potential uh, ramifications of that. But the worst thing that, that can happen out of all this is you marry somebody who shouldn't be married and their marriage ends and families implode because of it. So, yeah, uh, so that is, that's, I can say I have enough experience that that's, that's the worst thing that can happen out of this, more so than Aunt Millie getting mad at you because you know you didn't let certain things happen in the service. So any final word, Jim? No, just that this is another one of these areas of, of striving to be faithful and counting the cost in certain regards because you, uh, it, it is, you're, you're, it's like lay hands hastily on no one. And, and I have thought sometimes, boy, should I have, particularly usually afterward when a marriage goes sour, you know, you're thinking, oh, what didn't I see? Or right. what could I have done? And, and you take some of that on yourself. And maybe whether that's legitimate or not is another question, but you do. You feel the weight and burden of that. So these are this is a weighty – The marriages should be a fun th- – I mean, a, a really happy thing. I mean, marriages are almost – just should this be. This is happy. It should be. This is a happy time. The, so the wedding, the first miracle at the wedding of Cain and Galilee, and what does Jesus do? He makes wine mm-hmm. so that people can be happy and have a good time. Yeah. You know, that's that's a part of it. It is a celebration. It's a it's a feast. It's There's a joyful part of it, but there's a sober part of that. Because marriage is honorable, marriage is God-given, and marriage is uh, ordained by God and defined by God and, and pictures something very beautiful, or it should. So. Last thing I'll say is something I say to every bride and groom the day I'm about to marry them, and especially those who are usually always sweating the details and they're stressed out because of all that. I tell them, look, if everything goes wrong today, but you end up married at the end of the day, right? 
you're married. That's the whole reason we're doing this. Right. You're starting your life together. And I just basically tell them, I was like, look, unless I fall down and have a heart attack in the next hour or two, I'm going to make sure you're married by the end of the day. So stop sweating the details and we'll get, and we'll get this. That's a good point. Cause I have sometimes said, listen, you're, you're on your way to the begin, having your marriage begin badly by trying to have such a great wedding. Yeah, exactly. Your wedding lasts 45 minutes, maybe it's 30, 30, 45 minutes out of your life. Don't, throw everything into that so that you leave you're so frazzled it has to be so beautiful it's so costly it's so expensive and you don't enjoy it and then you don't enjoy it right far better to have uh anyway that's a whole nother that's a whole nother issue but but remember you're starting a marriage the whole point is is the entry to the marriage so you know what what you know you don't want to put a fifty thousand dollar door on a ten thousand dollar shack you know, so, you know what I mean, right? Yeah, so just, yeah. just don't do that. So. That's good. Well, Jim, will you pray for pastors listening to this? So we hit, a, we hit a ton of things in this episode. Plenty of things for pastors to be thinking. Will you pray God gives them wisdom and that they'll listen to their conscience ultimately mm. about whether they will do wedding. Yeah. What, wedding shop. Will you pray? Yeah, sure. Father, we we thank you that you are overall, you're the, you're the blessed controller of all. And so we entrust to you your these providential matters that come to us and people that come to us and want to get married. And Father, we do pray for wisdom. We pray for courage, for grace, hope, love, patience in dealing with these matters. We do pray that, uh, again, Heavenly Father would be a help. uh, And whether that's telling a couple that we think they should wait or, or going ahead, whatever the matter is, Lord, we pray that we would know wisdom, that we'd have a biblically informed conscience, and if need be, seek counsel. We ask this for the good of your flock and for your glory. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.